0: Hi! I'm Randy And I'm Claire. And you're
1: listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. Okay, so today we have something a little unique, and I haven't told Randy what case we're going to be talking about because it's kind of different from everything else that we've done thus far. But there was a recent story about this case, I guess, and um, it came out in the New York Times. It was a discovery that um, happened in one of the very southern states, and um, it's an institution that has been <laughs> under speculation for quite a while. Oh my god, what? Um, I don't think you know what this is. It's kind of like, it was one of those, it's one of those articles that you'll like look at on Facebook and you're like, oh this isn't, I mean like that's kind of interesting, but you don't dive into it. But I've heard of this place before, and so I wanted to talk about it because it's really interesting and it's different from... The types of murders and, like, true crime stuff that we talk about. I've been trying to guess it all day. Yes. (laughs) I've been very vague. So, I'll give you a few hints that are really kind of obvious. Okay. Okay. So, I've already sort of told... (laughs) Well, I've told Randy this, but I'm going to explain it to all of you guys. So, it's it's an institution... And it's a place where people have to go after they've been sentenced for a certain crime. Private prisons? No. Oh, my
0: God. Because, like, <laughs> what have I guessed? I've guessed, is it, like, a mental institution? Mm-hmm. She said no. Yeah. Um. She said I was. <laughs> you guessed community service, and well, I was okay. like, no. No,
1: no, no, no. You don't just get to say I guessed. Okay. okay. All right. She was All right. like,
0: it's a sentencing thing. It's kind of like <laughs> sentencing. It's a sentence you wouldn't expect people to have. Yes. And I was like...
1: Can we get any I also yell, yelled. <laughs> yeah, she yelled bail in, in, like, in public. In the parking lot. After we were on and Body Works. an
0: issue with with sentencing. Mm-hmm. Not that e- that even has anything to do with yes. sentencing. But-
1: well, you've taken an entire class about this particular type of... Juvenile delinquency? <gasps> yes. Claire! Oh my god, I'm so excited! I know. I knew you would be excited. Okay. Wait, did you say it's in the South? Something yes. specific? Yes, it's, it's a southern state, but it's not, like, in the Bible Belt. Oh, you're saying... Okay, so this... Okay, okay. Go on. Yes. So, it's um, a place in Florida, in Marianne, Florida...
0: I don't, I don't know what okay, this is. Okay, we're not
1: good. Okay. So today, we're going to be talking about the Dozier School for Boys. Okay, I know what this is. I didn't know it was in Florida. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, I do know what this is. Okay, cool. I'm so excited. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yes. So I do a lot of- <laughs> I knew you would be excited about this. I was very pumped that I, like, came up with this idea in my head. Um, so, yeah. So, for those of you who don't know what this is, this is a school that's based down in Florida. It's been closed down since 2011. And some recent discoveries happened on the school's campus that got brought to light about a week ago. And it's a pretty big deal. And we're going to talk about it today. How did? Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So let's get started and then you can ask me a million questions because okay. I know that you'll definitely have some stuff to say about this. I think I've said okay seven thousand times, times. I'm so excited that you're excited. Okay. So, two weeks ago, twenty seven graves were discovered in Mariana, Florida. These graves were found on the grounds of the controversial boys' school, the Dozier School for Boys. I think it is a Dozier? I think I'm gonna say Dozier. I think that'll be easier. The Dozier School for Boys, which had has been active for almost 111 111 years, so that's pretty. That's a lot of years. That you is know? a lot of years. So it isn't <laughs> technically a school. It's a reform school. So basically, what that means is that juveniles who go and face sentencing in court for doing whatever have to go to the reform school for about nine to 12 months. And they basically just sort of thrown in with a whole bunch of other people. And it's like prison, except it's more of like a college campus style. So they live in dormitories. But this place was messed up. It was so messed up, you guys. It's kind of like a giant torture house. Basically, exactly. (laughs) So two weeks ago was actually not the first time that mass graves were found on the grounds of this school. In 2012, a doctor named Erin Kimmerly, she's a forensic anthropologist in Florida, took a team down to the 100, 1,400-acre uh, no, property and uncovered 55 bodies using ground-penetrating radar. 51 of those bodies were unmarked graves and were dug up by the forensic team. The project, like I said, started in 2012, but since then, there have only been 14 identifications made of bodies from the site. And seven of those were positively ID'd by DNA testing. So, Dr. Kimberly, um, the lady who did all the ground penetrating radar, she's the forensic anthropologist. She heard about the school from a retired cop named Orvell, who was the sister of a boy named jo- George Owen Smith, who was 13 in 1940. George had run away from home with his harmonica to go play country music in Tennessee. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. So he got pulled over in this car that he had hitchhiked. He was hitchhiking. He got pulled do over that. in the car and he got in trouble. And um, he got sent to the reform school. George had run away from the school a few times, but the last time he ran away, he went missing. The family couldn't get up to the school immediately because they were living in a lower income neighborhood. They were pretty poor and they didn't have a vehicle. So they had to wait for a couple months in order to get up there. And literally the day before they were about to head up, the superintendent from the school said that they had found George's body and it had been found a few miles off decomposing underneath one of the houses nearby. Nope. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. (laughs) The day before they were supposed to show up. It's a little odd. So immediately the family became suspicious. So they asked that the body be sent back to the family, but the school had buried George already in an unmarked grave. Okay, that is like so rushed that it is so suspicious. I think so too. It's kind of like when
0: people do, so you know how like if you're going to declare someone dead when you haven't actually found them yet. Yes. And you have to have a funeral service for them to Mm -hmm. declare them dead or some sort of, it doesn't have to be like a big expensive thing, but you have to, that's part of. It's part of the process. Yeah, before you can actually declare them dead and collect their insurance money. Yes. And this is like, kind of like that in a way where it's like, okay, you buried him and he's it's been like 12 hours. Like, Like, Like what the
1: hell? Um, Yeah, so the family was asking to bring him back bring the body back to the morgue so that it could be examined and there could be a post-mortem done on the body, but... The body had already been buried, so all the family could do was go to the school and see the burial site. But his sister had been so upset by this for years, and she actually became one of the first female cops in Tallahassee, which oh is so badass. That's isn't? so cool. Yeah. So when um, and like that would have been in like the 50s then. Yeah, when she was yeah, a
0: yeah. Cop, 50s, 60s. A yeah. female cop in the 50s in the I deep know. south. Get yes. it, girl. <laughs> yes.
1: And they made her wear a dress. Of course they did. Which is super annoying. How is she going to run in a dress? I know. She's a police officer. She needs to be able to catch perps. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That is not but, a very realistic outfit for Yeah. Them. But she did break the glass ceiling down there, which I'm impressed with. So Orville is her name. And she and uh, Dr. Uh, Kimmerly got together. And Dr. Kimmerly was like, let's find him on the grounds of the old... Dozier School for Boys, or Dozier. What did I decide to call it?
0: Dozier. I think you
1: said you were going to say Dozier. Dozier. Okay. Cool. Sorry. It's like, there's a Z in it, and that always confuses me. Okay. So, Dr. Kimmelie heard about this story, went to the site in 2012, after the school had been shut down just the year before in 2011 because of some budget cuts. So, that's how long it's been around, you guys. 111 years. And it just shut down eight years ago, which is just weird to think about because of all the things that I'm about to tell you. So two of the skulls found in the site um, were not ID'd, but were complete enough to have a facial recognition software create sketches of what the two boys might have looked like. They're so little. They're so Mm. tiny. Like both of them are between the ages of 11 and 14. And it just makes me want to cry. And I'm going to post both of the sketches on our Instagram page. So you guys can look at Babies. how small these tiny little angels were. So Dr. Kimberly went back to the site and using the same techniques, 27 more bodies were found in early April this year. So that brings our total up to about 78 bodies. Good roughly. lord. Yeah. So that's a lot of bodies, you guys. Um, And the 27 that were found... Um, earlier this month were found about 500 feet from where the group of 55 bodies had been found in 2012. So all of the bodies that were found in both 2012 and earlier this year were all found relatively close together and all of them were on the segregated black half of the campus. So we can presumably say that most of the students that were, or not students, they're technically inmates. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be calling them inmates because that's technically what they are, but it's called a school Anyway, I described it. It's just a earth. nice. Yeah. They just put the word school on there so that it doesn't yes. sound as awful as it
0: really is. Yeah,
1: but really it's like a small prison. So, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, said that the anomalies were consistent with possible graves and that's how we got to the 27 grave sites that were just found. Question. Yes. Did they
0: actually dig up the bodies, or did they just use the ground-penetrating radar to say there are 20 whatever anomalies?
1: So they actually have dug up the bodies. Okay, Because um, ground-penetrating radar can tell you that there's a skeleton down there, but it can't actually discern what the skeleton looks like. And since Dr. Kimberly is a forensic anthropologist, she will remove the skeletons, send out... um, some of the DNA found in the bone marrow for d- genetic testing and then um, possibly do reconstructions on the skulls that are complete enough so that you can do a facial reconstruction. Okay, cool. Because
0: like what I was going to say is I've heard in other cases that ground penetrating radar can't even tell if it is a skeleton. All it can That's tell true. is yeah. what that there is an anomaly because there's mm-hmm. that case that I want to say is like the St. Louis 3 or something like that. Maybe it's not St. Louis. I feel like it is though, and it's, I think it's in Missouri. And there uh-huh. was like three women went missing, and they were led to someone was led to believe that their bodies could have been buried in this like part of a mall that was being built, like added on around the same time they oh went missing. Gosh. And they did it's ground terrifying. penetrating radar, and they found three anomalies laying right perpendicular to each, right other. To each yeah. other. Yeah, And is that right perpendicular? I don't know why yes. I said that beside each Parallel. other. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. They haven't convinced anyone to dig it up yet because the Interesting. law enforcement keeps saying like ground penetrating radar just says there's three things under there. Right. We're not going to put all the resources in to dig it up because you there's like three, three things, things down, down there. there.
1: Like they could be anything. Yeah. So I think you're right about that. So that's why they're digging up all of the bodies, though, because they've found so many skeletons. They're like, we have to see, see if what this it is. is more. And it is confirmed that there are 27 new bodies that they've found. Um, and all of them were unmarked. So now that's like, like hundred, right? So it's fifty-five, and then the twenty-seven. Oh, so, so the it's like eighty something. I thought you
0: were saying on top of the seventy-eight no, no, no. from earlier. Okay, yeah, that's so, still not so many. Oh my gosh, I know
1: it's it's a lot. So I think it's eighty-two. Eighty-two? I, I, think. Think. I don't know how to do math. <laughs> oh god, I don't know <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so altogether, there's seventy-eight unidentified bodies. But there are fourteen that are identified. Okay, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's right. Oh God. okay. there's a large number. there's a ton <laughs> of them. We're almost breaching a hundred bodies. Yeah. So, um, the school, like I said, is extremely extensive. It's fourteen hundred acres, which is immense. That's a lot. Um, yeah. And the school dates back for so long that these bodies have probably been there for long periods of time. Um and we Oh my god, how many more are there? I know. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's I don't even know. And it's existed there since 2011. So that land is still all of the school. Nothing has been built on it. No developers have bought it. So like, <gasps> you yeah. oh my god, someone's going to buy this
0: land, build a house on it, and have an Amityville horror oh situation god. on there. I don't hands. even
1: want. I would never ever buy land. No. Oh my god. Wait, it's let's like, go watch
0: that movie tonight. Movie. Am- oh wait, never mind. You have plans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do have plans. Sorry. <laughs> This school has been notorious since its creation, um, and there are so many terrible things that have happened inside the walls of this school, and we're just gonna delve right into the horrors. I'm ready for this awfulness. Dozier School for Boys. Okay. Okay. All right. So in January, 1900. (laughs) Sorry, I forgot the year. (laughs) It's like. January this year. Um, No, so January of the year 1900, the Dozier School for Boys was founded um, after other reform schools were filling up in Florida. This was basically because kids could get in trouble for literally anything. So if you said something profane in front of a police officer, um, school truancy or incorrigibility was one of them, but it didn't have any sort of specifics about how you could be incorrigible. So, um, it's just ridiculous. Well, it sounds ridiculous, With
0: the kid just wanted to go play his harmonica in Tennessee, I know, yes. Which, like, technically he did run away, so, like, return him. Yeah, just give him
1: back to his family. That's, like, that's not a crime to run away yeah. from your house. Anyway, so, basically, I would have been sent to this school. Were you a bad kid? <laughs> I was. I was very profane. Um Claire, I mean. You were in like a Catholic school. That's right. Exactly why I did it. Oh my God. You were rebelling <laughs> against it? I was. I was rebelling against the statues that confined my speech. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing. Um, and now I'm a journalist, so I have free speech now. Well, I had free speech back then too. But I just think it's insane that that would be a rule. Like that's like. You can get in serious trouble and be sent to a torture chamber, basically, because you like cussed out someone. Well, when you think
0: about the language used in a lot of laws and like Supreme Court decisions, for example, I mean, on the lines of speech in school, we could take the Tinker case. Yes, the- I
1: talked to Mary Beth Tinker. I, know. I did an interview with her. You <laughs> she's guys, so she's great. so
0: cool. Okay, um, the language in that decision was something like, "You can restrict speech in schools if it." disrupts the productivity of, I don't know, like, just in all decisions that are put out by the Supreme Court that then guide, you know, Mm -hmm. case law is, it's so vague. So It's it's, so vague. It is along the lines of you cannot be incorrigible.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Still. (laughs) Yeah. So technically, all of these things fit under the legality of the state of Florida, but they seem really ridiculous to us. Maybe it's just because we're adults and we can we're not under those jurisdictions anymore, but these were all kids. So the, a- the age range for the kids throughout the entire 111 years spanned between the years of 10 and 21.
0: Yeah. So all that's all about a really how you, huge gap. It's all about how you interpret <laughs> those words. Yes, exactly. And who, who is interpreting them and exactly how they want to
1: apply them. Right. So um, the reason why I said that I would probably be sent to the school when it (laughs) opened is because at first it was a boys and girls reformatory school, but then they started, they split it up by sex and it became just a school for boys. It would eventually be named for Arthur G. Dozer, who was one of the longer, I don't want to say reigning, but (laughs) longer reigning superintendents (laughs) of the reform school. Um, So... There you have it, the the dozier school for boys. What was it called at first? Um, it was just called the Florida State Reform School. Oh, okay. So pretty basic. But yeah. So uh, the average age of the first sort of like s- time of um, the school's existence mm-hmm. was 13 through 21. And on average, the boys who were admitted stayed for 9 to 12 months. Yet there was a really large death rate for such a brief period of of time for those boys to be on that property.
0: 9 to 12 months in general for a juvenile seems like a very long time for anything involving incarceration. Yeah. That's you only have because you when you think about why sentencing is so short for juveniles in the first place is because one they're juveniles they they like learn their lessons pretty, pretty quickly. quickly. But also like
1: that's a very big chunk of their juvenile Life. Yeah, that's it. Like, could be up to a year, and then yeah. a lot of the times they would be renewed for sentences for what happened at the school. So sometimes students would be there for over the twelve-month uh, period. Um, that's a which very is long super time. time yeah, you're like a teenager. Exactly. Uh, yeah, especially when like the average ages are those prime-time teenage years, starting at thirteen. So that's terrible. Um, of course, a lot of the boys that would die on the campus would die due to illnesses but that wasn't that those illnesses were documented and there was obviously a roster of all of the deaths that happened but some of them would just say like accident or unknown next to the name and the cause of death so Mm. that's a little suspicious i would say i would agree yes yes So almost immediately, like I said before, the school went under investigation, and between 1903, three years after it was established, to 1913, a series of state investigations uncovered significant abuse and neglect, including children as young as five, because the average ages were 13 to 21, but there were still young kids. Yes. The um, children as young as five being beaten, shackled, denied food and clothing, and hired out as free labor. Five-year-olds were in this place? Yes. That is insane. Isn't it?
0: It's horrible. You can't even... You Currently, you're not allowed to do that. Exactly. <laughs> I think the age is usually like... I think it's like 10 or 12 or something
1: like mm-hmm. that. What? Yes. Fine. So... Welcome what to the, the 1900s. What did the five year old do? I know, right? Probably said something profane. Yeah. <laughs> Skipped out on school. That they heard
0: their parents saying. Yes, uh, probably. And they didn't know it was a bad word. Oh my yes. gosh, no. Isn't that
1: tragic? I want to go back in time and break
0: in and release all <laughs> and of Like, that. release everyone.
1: <laughs> um, some evidence even suggested that the kids had to wear ankle chains all the time. So, like, leg irons. Um, and they were being treated like real prisoners, even though this was supposed to be like a reform yeah. school. It's a juvenile detention center, so it's not it has some similar connotations with it. I'm not super familiar with our juvenile delinquency programs across the nation, but I would assume it's not as intense as prison. It's not. So
0: at least in Fort Collins in this like area,
1: the juvenile
0: prison essentially is called Platte Valley Detention Center. Mm-hmm. And if someone actually does get sentenced there, which you would have to do something very extreme and you would have to like have maybe demonstrated that other programs didn't work for you to to end up there in the first place. Right. So you don't just cuss at your mom and then you get in. Yeah. <laughs> like no. And they have a lot of programming during the day it's so cool and then they specialize everything to your needs. So instead of just blanket reform stuff, they'll say like what was your specific problem? How can we specifically help you? Exactly. It's really cool. But with all of that said, Fort Collins is pretty progressive when it comes to juvenile justice, or at least that was the impression that I got from taking that course and learning about all of the different resources available to juveniles in this area of the world. Yeah. But back in in Oklahoma or Louisiana, where I'm from, I have never heard of anything comparable. So,
1: yeah. And I mean, Denver and Colorado has a really cool backstory when it comes to the juvenile delinquency system. Aren't you doing an
0: article on this?
1: Yeah, so I'm doing a small documentary piece. Um, It's just like a short little interview about um, Margaret Brown or the unsinkable Molly Brown. and um, She actually helped to establish the juvenile court system here in Denver and her establishment and all of the rules that they came up with um, have now spread nationwide, and it is the basis for our current juvenile court system. But she established this in the 1930s, so that's why we have a whole bunch of five-year-olds shackled and hired out for labor in 1903, (laughs) Yeah, because the juvenile court system didn't really exist. It didn't exist at all. They were just intermixed with adult prisoners. Exactly, which is so dangerous, especially for a five-year-old child. Who probably didn't do anything really wrong, maybe like steal something or uh, cuss at his mom. So, it's crazy. And then I mean, it's pretty nuts. We can go
0: back to the whole sociological theory of definitions surrounding crime and who are the people making these definitions? Exactly. And what are those definitions serving? Like who's,
1: what purpose who are they, are they serving? Because obviously it's going to be rich white men that are going to be serving on these court systems and they're the ones that are making up the rules and most of them are going to be religiously connected to Christianity as well. So there's all these different factors that played into it. But Margaret Brown is actually a really cool person and she plays a lot of um a lot of different parts as sort of like the mother of all of this and she wanted to take care of the kids she would open up yeah. like public bathhouses so that kids who were on the streets had somewhere to go and like wash up and look presentable and not have lice And all of these wonderful things. So she's a really cool lady. Again, this is the unsinkable Molly Brown, but her real name was Margaret. (laughs) And everyone called her Maggie. And I'm not really sure why people call her Molly. Do you want to, when you finish your piece on it, link it to our Instagram? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to do a whole story map about Margaret Brown. And I will link it to our Instagram so that you guys can see it. And I'll talk about the juvenile court system for a brief little piece of her life um yeah so with that we're gonna close out part one and I promise there's gonna be way more horrible things happening at this school than a five-year-old shackled in leg iron so <laughs> stick with us thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening. bye, bye.